0: Welcome to the Powered With Love podcast, the podcast that brings to you what's working on the coalface from people within our community who are defying the odds. The podcast that gives you the ability to power your life with love. I'm the host, Stephen Cromedy, and let's get stuck into today's edition. Lee, welcome to the program, Powered With Love. I've been looking forward to having a discussion with you and asking and getting to know what it is based on your level of experience your depth and reach within the industry not only what's working but what are the things that are still relevant in real estate that were relevant 20 years ago so lee welcome looking forward to seeing where
1: this goes interesting being on this side of the microphone so uh looking forward to it and love being here in your studios so uh thank you for inviting me in thank you lee and
0: thank you for taking the time to come here and be part of this program so lee you commenced real estate in dy in what year uh, 1992 i came into real estate and when you're in real estate You've obviously achieved some phenomenal results, which the listener may or may not be aware of.
1: And those results included what, Lee? And those awards. Yeah, in my first year in real estate, I was very fortunate that I came into real estate from a housing background. I was a plumber by trade. And in the plumbing trade, you either are winning business yes. or you are digging trenches. And they worked out pretty fast. I could get a lot of people to say yes. So without knowing it, I was put on to quoting. So 50 grand bathrooms, $20,000 kitchen renovations. I was the guy who would go in and win business. But because I worked in real estate in in a production fashion, meaning when you're under houses, in houses, commercial buildings and so forth, you do pick up a lot of product knowledge. So entering the real estate industry in that first year, a lot of people enter real estate not knowing what real estate is and they think it's going to be easy. I had no idea. Um, work ended where I was and there was a in the paper saying no experience necessary, and I got a job in real estate. Uh, In my first year in real estate, I hit the top 2% of agents in Australia, Uh, won the Diamond Pin Award for the first national network. I only ever worked for the one network, one office. I never moved around. I always stayed with my leader. And I was probably one of the greatest things that happened to me was I worked with a phenomenal leader who was passionate about training. Rod Jones. Rod Jones. And Rod, we trained all the time, nonstop, every week. Uh, Scripts, dialogues. You know, he, he was a professional trainer with a real estate business and trained for the network. And then every – conference, comp- well, funny enough, every single fee we created, 20% came off for training. Training and marketing was a 20% fund that we all had. And when you're doing 10, 15 deals a month, it adds up. So there was a plethora of training. That was one of the greatest things that happened. And Lee – Look, phenomenal start of the industry, and that ability
0: to get people to say yes when you are a plumber. Well, can I just say, all these years later, not only were you obviously great at getting people to say yes in the real estate industry as an agent, as a trainer, you still have that very same talent. I'll let you know. Uh, however, would you say that's where your love of training was developed, with
1: being, you know, with working with a principal such as Rod? Very much so. And Rod would come in each day and say, OK, we need to refresh our words, get a new listing system together. Who'd like to be involved in that project? And I was, I'll do it. You know, I was available. And then other agents would start and they'd struggle on the listing side. And Rob would say, look, could you come in early and just... They're having troubles with objections and so forth. But you you get really good at something when you teach because if you can't explain it you don't understand it and even today i have to learn it myself and then i can share it with others where i think a lot of people think oh yeah you guys all learn that but i'll be over here i don't think i don't know how anyone gets away with that you don't become genuine to what you're doing so as all the agents would say oh lee they're talking about fees or marketing or they don't want to do this when we were always the highest fees in the area what do you say and Answering those questions made me a ninja at real estate. I'd then go out that afternoon to do presentations and just, it was child's play. You'd been training so hard in the morning, be like being an athlete. Mm. Then in the afternoon, you'd be on the track. But the other guys you were up against, it was their first time of going into objections for the day, yet I'd had hours of Mm, warm-up. So I really started to learn that, wow, I'm getting better and better and better. Why am I getting better? Because I'm training people to explain it, but they would ask me a question, I'd give the answer, and then I'd write it down myself, uh, thinking, how good was that? Uh, But sometimes it's up there, but it doesn't come out until someone triggers it out of you. And I
0: think that's one of those key moments, in someone's career where they understand, I can either, A, arrive on the battlefield or on the field, whatever you reference to it, and deliver dialogue for the first time that day, or we can deliver dialogue in training, prime the pump, get ready, and then we're already warm, we're ready to go, we're on the field, and those objections aren't a surprise, we're ready to handle those. What year did you become a trainer, Lee?
1: Ooh, so I've been in real estate about 30 years, so 10 years with Rod, but... What I did was in about the last two, three years of working with Rod, mm-hmm. I, I did public training where I first started training for the network and then I did one job and everything changed. Uh, John McGrath asked me to go in and look after the sales team at Edgecliff and McGrath were just one office back then. Sorry, they weren't one office. They weren't a network like they yes. are now. Uh, it was a lot smaller. And I, John ran me up to be sales manager. I was 27 for John. So 20 years as a trainer, but I was 27 when I went in there for John. And that assignment changed everything because, you know, Matt LaHood, Adrian Bowe, Beth and Richards, they were all in the booths, all these famous names, which today are famous. But back then, they were just in the booths. Uh, It was like, yourself. Uh, I got to work with you when you were at Chapman Real Estate, and you were at a desk, and now you're a leading principal. So you get to see a lot. But at that very time, John said to me, oh, look, I've got to go up to Queensland, big leadership conference, come with me and yep I'll do whatever I'm told and I went up there and uh, someone asked Philip Webb asked John McGrath from the, the floor oh, what have you been doing for training and John said oh we've had Lee Woodward to which the wow. audience said who's Lee Woodward I'm unknown I don't think John was my first assignment really and first big assignment and the five biggest real estate businesses in Australia were in that room but there was only myself back then. Like Real Estate Academy today is totally different and it's gone through its transition and twenty staff and softwares and it does many things. But that moment, I really what I learned was words. Everybody wanted me for words. And words are a module of the real estate industry mm. that will serve you so well if you get really good at it. And it can be prospecting words, it can be listing words, it could be ejection words, it could be negotiation. But when you get good at words, everything and it doesn't matter how much tech comes into mm. our industry. The technique of words is what makes you an influencer, and it comes back to this: how do you get people to say yes? And tech won't get people to say yes. No. It, it can bring some immediacy and edge you up a little bit, but someone's still going to look you in the eyes and say you're the one. Or on that phone call, it was when you said this that I felt that I could go ahead. Or when you asked me that question, I went up another twenty thousand, mm. and I felt okay about that. That I suddenly became hired by everyone for words, and that was pretty much the breakthrough. And again, one of those key moments where
0: I think what we all need to understand is the words that you use either A, provoke a thought, or B, provoke an emotion. They kind of do both of those anyway. It just depends in which sequence and which order. And it's with the quality of words that you use that determine where someone envisage is what's going to happen next in their life. And it's certainly something that you've tailored your craft around and packaged beautifully now a system and the capability of providing the tech to support controlling and managing a relationship. So well done, Lee. In addition to that, what I'd really like to understand is a lot's changed in this timeframe. What were the agents, what were the principals doing back then that was helping them stand out, the high achievers, what were they doing then that they're still doing now? Are there any similar similarities?
1: The, there is a lot of similarities, but one thing that changed dramatically was the numbers. As the houses went up in price, people were reaching their targets quicker. So if you weren't doing 10, 15 deals a month uh, when houses were at that level, mm. you wouldn't have been doing the income levels you, you, you could do. But as the prices went up, so did the fees, so people's focus on numbers changed. that if you were doing three or four sales a month, you, you were doing really well. Well, today, if you're doing three, four sales a month, um, that is considered good yes. uh, as a single operator, whereas you wouldn't have held a job doing three mm. or four sales a month. Uh, back then, the offices held 10 salespeople, and we were forever letting go of people who could do five or six sales a month. They were taking up a spot of someone who could do 10 or 15. So the numbers definitely changed. In the technique, nothing's changed. Lead generation, lead conversion, client fulfilment. People think there's been a dramatic change, but the mailbox dropped back then. Facebook is the mailbox drop now. Yes. So digital has brought some great things into it. It's also pulled away some great things as well. Mm. So I look back at, you know, databasing and CRMs are wonderful, but there's a lot of lost data, a lot of leakage in data because people don't run a, a correct database of people where they're reflecting. Whereas, uh, I'll give you an abstract example. People used to flick through a card box looking for uh, Woodward and on the way they'd pull out six or seven cards. Oh, that's right, I've got to ring that one, that one, and that one. The one they're ringing wouldn't do anything, but the six on the way mm-hmm. would sell. And the reflective of data was, oh, that's right, I spoke to her two weeks ago. Oh, jeez, I should ring her as well. Uh, that sounds like a really old-fashioned technique, but the actual reflective side of that is powerful. When people rot, used to write in a paper diary, it would stick in their brain and they yes. remember that's the person that needs a six meter garage because they've got a tradesman's truck with the pipes on top, they can't have a normal garage. So digital has caused a lot of leakage that there's thousands of records, but we don't know who they are. So I think it's a blend and I love technology, but I can also see that breaking technology of what's good tech, what's good technique. And I think we have over complicated lots of things and I advise everyone right now, how could you strip it back? What things could you take out of the tech stack that is preventing you from having extendable conversations with people? Because the conversations change. People don't just want to speak to you cold. If you're in someone now, they're like, why are you calling me? Like, yes, look, more so. You, more you've so got to warm up the ever. data now
0: more than ever. Yeah, And look... Technically, a lot's changed in that time frame. And as you're suggesting, you know, those fundamentals haven't changed. They remain the same. Technically, look at what's available now. You know, CRMs, the birth of the portals. You know, you were in real estate. You commenced in 1992. Well, the birth of the portals was way after that point. And now you have social media. You have all these realms. And what I'm noticing with some agencies and principals to the majority, it's been a distraction. To some, it's been the birth of them disrupting the industry. What I'd like to know, what's the difference between the two? What's the difference of thinking? And how are those who are succeeding and using it as the birth and the creation and that capability of multiplication, how are those people using it to that benefit? What's that major difference and who are those people? Who's the agents and principals out there flourishing it using these
1: platforms extremely well? Without doubt, and this is a conversation I have a lot with people now, today you need to be a multimedia agent. And that means you are using video, video, visual, text, imagery to create a story on a home. So Steve, what you've done here mm-hmm. is what a multimedia agency is. Um, I know you visited the Novaks, uh, Mark and Lisa, I think do an exceptional job of consistent multimedia marketing. You know, you'll know, you see Mark walking through a cafe, a shop, uh, a unit, they're at team inspection, but they have this consistency flow that they are their own TV channel. Whereas everybody else is, I've posted, I'm missing. I've posted, I'm missing. Mm. So, in the social space, though, there's a lot of error. So, a lot of people are putting lots of hours into social media, but they're not getting the return on investment. There's, they are fueled by people saying, Oh, I saw that thing you did on social media. Oh, that means it's working. Now, a web business means it generated appraisals, it generated sales, it generated. Uh, I'll give you a quick story. I'm forever saying to my girls in the office when someone buys something and they're not in the database, which is an interesting point. Just bought something, but they're not in the database. And the question you've got to ask everyone is how did they hear about us? Mm. And oh, I forgot to ask. Please ask because we can't repeat the performance. We don't know what's working or not working. And it was 12 months ago, because the Hunter Valley Complete Salesperson course is coming up, and this lady bought a ticket to the Complete Salesperson. She bought a book and an audio. And her web store orders come in, and it's only been about 14 seconds. I've asked, where did she come from? No one knew, so I rang her. And she went, oh, my God, you're the author of the book? I said, I am. She goes, oh, what are you ringing me for? I said, I've only just put my order through. I said, I just wanted to know how you hear about it. She goes, Oh. Someone on Facebook said this is the guy and they private messaged me and I went to the site and I booked in. I said, which agency are you from? She goes, I'm not from an agency. I, wow. I sell my own developments. So yes, I'm a real estate agent but I'm not part of normal real estate. I do my own thing yep. and I bought the book. Well, that's a really important thing to know that that's a Facebook sale mm-hmm. versus, I oh, know they came off the website. No, they were triggered to the website from a message on Facebook of someone who's uh, so we had an ad on facebook so would have been a video ad saying the complete salesperson course is on at the hunter valley and they've this is the person so it's an advocate yes. that someone knows us and a then referral. it's come back through but just knowing what is success marketing and i don't mean you're you are successful but it's succeeding in the market a lot of people don't know they think they know but they don't know and it's like when people say oh you know, press is over because everything comes through the internet. Blended marketing is still more important than ever. They may have seen it in the press and gone to the internet and come through and you think it's an internet inquiry, or they may have found it on the internet and then saw it again in the press and chose to come to the property. So blended marketing won't go away. And as soon as you shut a channel down, you'll see it all go wrong and say, oh, I don't know what's changed my business, but it's all changed. Now, it's caught up with you because you need verticals bringing Mm. in different things to the business. And that could be text-based marketing, it could be paper-based, it could be social. But I think the key to social is education-based marketing. So should you move, should you renovate, Um, the difference of having colour scheme changes in a property, all these interesting things are where people say you're an interesting agent versus seeing an agent have a champagne with themselves in front of a (laughs) signboard again by themselves seems odd. Yet when something's of interest, I know on the weekend, I posted a staircase. and it was Oh, just a great it, post. It was a nice post. But I was just appreciating what a stunning staircase mm. it was. But it was amazing how many people reacted to and the comments and so forth that I love architecture. I love real estate. I Yes, I'm a real estate trainer, but I passionately love the housing industry. I love, I'm a big fan of narrow houses. So when I was over in London and they're like two and a half metres wide but six storeys up – and they're all shop tops. I just love that. Uh, I would live in a skinny, tiny home. I, I <laughs> like those little Shetland-style homes. So posting that stuff, people get to know you a little bit, but I'm from this industry versus buy this, sell this, do this. I think contributing to an industry with education is really important. So the key points would be information, Yep, reveal who you are,
0: and be repetitive, you know, as in... Consistent. Don't po- yeah, consistent. Don't post and
1: disappear. Yeah. And remember, when you post, is it ego or info? I think a lot of people like to have this um, perception that they're succeeding all the time. Whereas well, I can tell you, last year, the most successful post I did was on LinkedIn, and it was called Code Red. And it was about Real Estate Academy going broke. Oh, broker.
0: I remember that.
1: And it was amazing how many people reached out saying, Lee, you okay? And we weren't okay. We were getting smashed. The world had changed but the amount of you know, very influential CEOs that checked in on us with love, if you like. It, mm. it wasn't, we're, we're amazing, no, no, we're going under. We're going through our toughest time ever and Code Red was about that. And that lifting of the veil was where people go, and I had people who go going, we've had a tough time too, this has changed, this has changed. That's that connection in community versus nothing's wrong in my life, everything's perfect, I have the perfect life. Yeah, I don't think anyone's got the perfect life. It's just how they communicate through to everybody else. Yes, that word collaboration and community comes to mind when you share that Code Red story. Well, this just happened... I was working for Mark Novak, and I was doing the PM words, and Mark won't mind me Great sharing article, this. article, by the way. Thank you. And they were about... Uh thousand property managements about to you know covid's hit in tenants think they don't have to pay money landlords are concerned and worried mm. but just the wording of I'm going to ring the landlords and say we are ne- we are no ne- we are negotiating with the tenant I said don't say the word negotiating hi steve we've communicated with the tenant and we're now collaborating with them to get the best outcome we can but just the word collaborate over negotiate mm. negotiate is, negotiation is i win you lose versus Correct. what could we all do here to you don't lose the property, the owner can pay their mortgage and we can get through this. Whereas some tenants say, I've been told I don't have to pay my rent. Okay, but the owner's still got to pay his mortgage. Well, that's not my problem. Well, we're going to advise the owner to sell the property, so you're going to have to move out anyway. So, oh, no, I don't want to move out. Okay, so now we're collaborating. (laughs) Uh, Because if you didn't live here, what would you do? But just understanding the power of words, and I've done 20 years of an interview every month, for the Real Estate Hot Topics program and now with the Leadership Lounge and the PM world. So doing the interview is one thing. Doing the edit of the audio is when I actually listen to the audio and listening to the most powerful words and the most successful real estate agents for 20 years has been probably the highlight of my career. And who would be those highlights in the last 20 years?
0: Who's the the brands, the agents that come to mind when you talk about some of the most powerful words most influential in the industry
1: without doubt when i did the first five years with john mcgrave and then i recut that audio into sawdust that was amazing so that was the best of john and john would just come on air he didn't didn't need to know the topic whereas a lot of people when you do interviews will say oh can you send me the questions and we don't do that Mm. because we just have faith in the process that the interview will go a certain way but john would come on set and no notice no no matter what topic we were covering and bang he would do it and John had an amazing natural style so when he does words and concepts which is the replacement word for scripts and dialogues the naturalness was just amazing so I think John was uh, one of the best objection people that we ever had on the show uh, the Matt Steinway system was one of the most famous audios ever released the Most certainly was uh, that r- a- a- What was interesting about the Matt Steinway system when we did that audio, we did that twice. We did a a revisit to it. But back then, people used to grab the Hot Topics CD, pop it in their car, and wait for the next one to come out. Today, 400,000 podcasts a day (laughs) are being released. (laughs) We had our own channel. You actually did. Everyone remembers listening to Hot Topics. and. Mm. You know, it could be the James Tossman interviews or when we did the 101 listings in a month or Cold Start was another famous audio, which is about this company. And you haven't heard Cold Start. You know, to stand in your new incredible um, bar today, which was the original rooms where we yes. recorded Cold Start when you, at, you and Bill here on the rollers, on the paint, you know, that's a phenomenal part of your career to see that in time. So how long would Cold Start have been? Thirteen years ago. Thirteen years. So here we are today with your own multimedia studio and most incredible different modern multimedia agency versus geez, can Bill and I get ten listings and stay open? That's right. You know, it so I, I think real estate hot topics has been about moments. And we've had so many interviews where people were terrified to be interviewed. They think everyone felt they weren't worthy. That was interesting. And yet some of the greatest interviews are the unknown people, that they'd share stuff on air or, or a moment would come out. Oh, when John said, you know, closing's five minutes of courage. And all these famous things that I hear now have all come from a collaboration of people. It's funny, people can kill each other in competition in real estate, yet they'll turn up on the Hot Topics program and just explain and it it's a all. And family, that's right. Oh, it's just, just amazing. Put everything so, out there. Yeah, so we've had many famous moments, but just... I think without doubt the people that lifted the veil who didn't think they were worthy uh, have just done incredible interviews. It's been great. And we've spoken
0: about technology. We've spoken about people that have been the standouts. And looking over the last 20 years, I want to talk to you about off-market. Is off-market really a thing in your opinion or are we simply using a different
1: portal by the name of Facebook? Okay. So I have a very strong view on this. Off-market is the wrong terminology. If a property is on the market, well, actually, you're not allowed to sell a property off-market. It's You need illegal. an authority, a contract, it is illegal. Mm. So the fact it's off-portal doesn't mean it's off-market. And if I can list a property right now and I can show it to someone, it is on the market. So off-portal is different to, and social is different again. But the tip on social is get the owner to share the listing to their community because agents keep spamming their own friends and they're mixing that up with their business channel. And I'll give a shout out, Mark McGill, what he's doing with McGill Group on social right now is a good example of his Facebook site for his property group is a web business. It generates listings and it generates um, property managements. But I've been following his because beautiful video work, all the properties are there. Mm. But then he's got these sponsored ads that go back to his site, which is great. So he's retargeting and recapturing and then that's cycling back through. So next time you're on Facebook, he pops up again and he's building a digital social following that seem as a approachable professional agent. That is a really good example of someone who's using social well, but then his private life's away from McGill group. You know, that's his personal life. And we all started out, we all did it that our name became the brand and then the person we're getting out there. Mm. But I think socials definitely brought in, well, marketplace on Facebook is fascinating. Yes. If you want to learn about price reductions, post a cupboard up, drop it 10 bucks within 20 <laughs> minutes and it's sold. And you reach the pricing engagement level. Houses are no different. We just take months to do it. But really, you could work out the price of a house on Facebook within a day. They're dreaming, they're dreaming, sold. It is such a good example. Uh, my wife Robin, we had to move her mum out of uh, her townhouse, and when you're getting rid of someone's original furniture, it's either going the tip, or it's going on marketplace. Yes. So I said, Rob, I had people coming left, right, and centre, and oh, no, I'm having a ball. I'm like uh, you put a cupboard up, no, 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 drop it ten bucks, sold, sold. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is the best price reduction day ever. But the amount of stuff I didn't have to take the tip was exciting. But all this stuff we're selling if it's priced right. And I think it's a really good example of how many eyeballs are on that site, which yes. is no different than realestate.com. But what people do now is I think our industry goes to the portal at the wrong time. You shouldn't be on realestate.com until you've got the price right. So using staged mm. marketing to say, okay, we're going to do our social, we're going to do our VIP then we're going to the portal, but it should be priced right at the portal. You imagine renting the biggest TV channel in the world and you broadcast
0: in Latin, not English. That's very insightful, Lee, and I think for the listener, it's another way of looking at it because what we're doing, we're taking it to a platform as an agent the channel. where everyone can see it. You know, everyone in the entire marketplace, if we're... You know, positioning it correctly, getting the right people to share it, we're having the right eyes on it. But then by the time we actually take it to the next channel, being realestate.com as an example, that's the TV channel or a station where there's only people who are ready to transact. Mm. So we're going to get more value from that channel when the product we're taking to that channel is priced correctly and positioned correctly because that
1: audience is going to rush to it. Will you imagine if someone said to you, I'll oh, do, do a TV ad on Love Realty. Yep, great. How'd it go? Oh, we didn't get much response. What happened? Oh, it was on at four o'clock in the morning. Right. So you missed the target audience. Mm. That's what happens when you misprice the house. Absolutely. You've got it on TV at four o'clock in the morning. And the only people up at four o'clock in the morning are disturbed. Mm. <laughs> you know, they're not sleeping <laughs> for a reason. And that's why Anthony, well, Robbins, you, eh? Anthony Robbins does really well off people up in the middle of the night. Yes. His TV ads do really well because the Disturber up going, I need to buy this thing. I need to walk over Coles because this guy's got it. But he actually does very well with that market Mm. time slot because he hits the right person who may be looking for something different. Whereas going to the portal at the wrong price it was never real it will never be realestate.com's job to get pricing right. That's the agent's job. The agent must get the price right. The portal is to provide you the audience. But if you miss the audience due to your pricing, that's a professional agent issue, not a portal issue.
0: Mm. And look, I guess the next question that is on a lot of people's minds at the moment, where do you see portals in the future? Is it too difficult to even try and predict what's going to happen in the future? Do you believe there's going to be a place for them? Or do you believe someone like Facebook, do you believe someone like Google, Amazon, is going to come in and capitalize on a bigger audience platform and capture that, that target audience and that subject matter being the
1: property before it even gets to a portal, being realestate.com? Internationally? I followed this a lot. So in the States, the portal became a real estate agent. They actually started selling real estate. Yeah, they started actually purchasing it as well, didn't they? Correct. Yeah. But they were very clear that we are your competitor and you are advertising on our site. That was the States. Australia's not like that because we have a different selling system. And you're talking about Zillow, is that correct? Correct. Yeah, so Zillow, what they do,
0: they can provide a pricing option and if you're happy with that pricing option, they will
1: buy... No questions asked, done. Correct. But it disrupted the real estate agent mm. uh, to an extent where that is a competitor now. Um, I spoke in London last year. Yes. It was. Time's changed. Like the last 14 mm. weeks has changed everything. But when I spoke in London, it was amazing over here that Right Move is the big one in London. You know, they're the big channel over there. And there's a lot of frictions between Right Move and the agent. Australia's different, though. And I think realestate.com is is an agent-based portal i don't believe the others are but i believe realestate.com is an agent-based portal now there's always this rattle and battle going on Mm -hmm. between the agents and so forth but realestate.com is not a person it's a group it's a business it's a channel to marketplace no different to no one whinges at channel nine or channel seven uh, for their channels to market but in in my experience they are interested in the agent getting better they are interested in the agent doing better at lead generation. They're not trying to take them out of uh, out of play. So they're an agent-based portal. So I think we'll always have that channel. And by the way, it costs an, an, an extravagant amount of money to have a channel that powerful. Mm. No real estate business collaboratively could do that. Otherwise, they would have done it. The industry didn't have a good collaboration. Many have tried and they've failed. And they failed mm. because they didn't get on together. Correct. Uh, the collaboration's skill. It's not just an idea. So the industry wasn't able, the real estate industry wasn't able to pull that off, and it's been going on for 30 years. So, But realestate.com is now very valuable to the consumer, very valuable to the buyers and sellers, the mums and dads out there, that they can look at real estate. Because in our country, you've got to go to 30 different agents to find out 30 different things, whereas somewhere needs to bring it all together, uh, no different to where Multilist was around when we all first started, that there was a place where you could see it all. So if I've got to go to 30 different websites, that Mm. is not a good customer experience to find property. And I may miss the one because I don't even Mm. know that agency had it. So there's got to be a place where you can go and see everything and then get through the channel. As agents we need that, the consumer needs that, otherwise it's too hard to find a home. And if it's hard to find a house, we'll have houses listed that go back to being on the market for six months because no one knows yeah. um, it's there. And the longer property's on the market, the less the purchaser pays. So that becomes the challenge. So we've all got to collaborate. And I feel this next generation or we'll call it the second wave coming through. The younger agents don't have the hang-up of the past. They just see it as a digital thing moving forward I don't know what everyone's screaming about but we just got to sell these houses I pop it on there I get an inquiry I met somebody else let's keep on going so I think we are going to have portals in this country I think the disruption internationally is different but I believe we'll have a, a better collaborative model moving forward
0: yeah and look
1: I think your response has been
0: well thought out and I believe is a different way of looking at it because you're the first person who, when I've asked that question, has explained it the way that you have, which makes perfect sense, connected to your background, connected to what you're part of, and makes sense from a customer user experience. Because when you think about it, yes, we've got Google. Yes, we have Facebook. These are different platforms that are being used for different reasons. But let me ask you this, how noisy is Facebook? How noisy is Google? you know you've got to go searching and that searching for data and accurate data is becoming more and more difficult whereas what this portal does it's the it's the platform that provides the information the knowledge the transparency and the actual product for you to actually purchase and when you explain it like that you can see that if anything, these portals, these platforms will become more valuable to the end user because they're bringing that information together in one place.
1: Couldn't agree more. And i tell you one thing I don't like about searching. With realestate.com.au, if I want to find a property in Bullaroo, love pops up and I can speak to you as the agent. If I want to find a washing machine technician on Google, about 50 fake sites come up who give jobs out, but you don't actually get to the technician. No, you don't. There's all these clips going on with lead referrals and click funnels are everywhere that, funny enough, um, a couple of weeks ago the Yellow Pages book came out and everyone would be thinking, who would want that anymore? (laughs) I I, I kept it because I get to ring Joe Blog's washing machine technician direct versus 50 fake sites who are trying to clip leads And they don't get back to you. And everyone thinks, oh, we just clip the ticket. We'll be like an Uber of washing machine technicians versus I want to speak to the agent. Realestate.com is still getting you directly in contact with the agent, not 60 levels away from it. You're still speaking to it. So for a lead generation of exposure, I'm going to give you an example. So Real Estate Academy has to do all its own marketing. I wish there was a realestate.com for events that I could display on, and people could find me. Wouldn't that be much easier? Heaps easier. You know where you market marketing. But is. I've got to be my own channel in the noisy world of everything else going on out there versus I wish all the trainers were on one place and people could make a decision. And then we'd all say by posting our events on that one place that people would go to to find those events. So events.com.au for real estate, events.com.au would be wonderful. And I have no hesitation that um, Josh or Michael, whoever is doing events, if we're all in the same space, fantastic, because the customer will make a choice of what suits them best. I think we misread competition in this country of, oh, don't talk about them because they'll go to them. People make that choice anyway. And if the product's good, the support's good, everything's good, no one has to worry about people stealing customers because It just doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that
0: way because what happens, people do business with the people who have the same beliefs and the same views that they do anyway. So ultimately, by providing a marketplace where you can go to, you're actually going to stand out quicker, sooner, to the people who are always going to do business with you if they had of known you existed in the first place.
1: Yeah. In real estate today, like here you are, Steve, with a very successful business, but your competition's not... PRD or First National or Ray White, that's not your competition. Your competition is the consumer thinking, are you up to the job? And will you live up to the brochure? The consumer doesn't think colours. They think people. And the biggest competitor is yourself. Are you good at what you do? But real estate agents spend all their time worried about what everybody else is doing rather than focus on their own game. Are all your vendors up Mm. to date? Are all your buyers know what's going on? Have you posted today something that's helpful? There's no time to think about anything else other than your own performance. The competition is you. Are you progressing, are you getting better? Like I've got thousands of people that are in the real estate training space. But if they can do a better job than us, well then they deserve the work. It's not, oh they took it. No, if they're better than us, they should get the work. And if they do, we've got to get better now and that's how it works. Uh, Your greatest times, it's like sport. That the top of the league has their toughest game when they play the bottom of the chart. So the people come last. saying what have we got to lose? Let's go for it and they go, and the, the, and the top team goes oh we're playing the bottom of the league. it's the hardest game of the year because the grit comes out from the people that are meant to be smashed and the top of the channel takes it too easy oh we should beat them nothing's easy. I don't care who you are or how good you think you are and the older you get, the better you remember yourself. Every day you've <laughs> That's got so to... True. What can I do next? One of, one of my... I was watching a, a video training session at five o'clock in the morning from Germany uh, this week and it was on not, not Not in German, of course. No, not in German. But it was a great German company that work in this podcasting video space and they were explaining what's going to happen next and how it works. But I have a responsibility to keep up to date with that because I'm in that profession of communications just happens to be real estate. Mm. Well, some people say, I couldn't be bothered. Well, someone has to be bothered. Uh, If you're going to progress, you can't whinge that someone took over or beat you, but you let it happen, you know. That's why training is so important. It gives you the energy to move forward. And the level of understanding
0: as to how to do it. You might have the idea, you might have the vision, but if you don't actually know how well then you're just going to get lost and you're going to get lost making lots of mistakes unnecessarily because you didn't expose yourself to what people are doing and how they're doing it. It's like this equipment here. This mm. equipment, the guys here in the media team knew what to get because we went on research. We looked at what other people were using. We looked at what hardware worked and how it was able to be used and how it could deliver the end experience the best. You've Spoken about quite a few things, everything's dovetailed all the way through, which would lead me to this next question. Where do you see agents in the future? You spoke about the younger generation spoke about what they expect with their level of experience. And you met Connor earlier up there in our uh, customer experience area. And uh, I can tell you, I was with Connor the other day after we spoke and we're driving along and he's looking at properties. My boys are very eager about, you know, getting involved in building a portfolio and not that they haven't had that influence uh, given to them. But look, Connor was there and we're looking at a particular property and he said, do real estate agents exist simply because of a limiting belief, Dad? I said, "And what do you mean?" And he said, "Well, what's stopping me from going up and knocking on that door and saying, "Do you want to sell?" Are there actually private seller capabilities?" And obviously the answer is, "Yes, we know there are." And his whole way of looking at it from a younger person's perspective, what I asked him, I went into defensive real estate mode at first at yeah. first. You know, I'm like, "Well, these are all the reasons, this, this, this." And he's saying, "Yes, but can't I get that legal advice off the actual provider of it? Can't I get the financial advice of the provider of it? Can't I look up information to identify whether or not I'm paying too much? Can't I get all that independently? Why do we need to pay a real estate agent? Why wouldn't we just go directly to the source? So with that level of thinking coming through with 19-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 13-year-olds, with what their user experience is, is attached to with their expectations, which is, is this consuming more time than necessary? Are there too many steps involved in the process? Can I get this information from a better source? How do you think this will impact real estate agents in the future with our
1: services and the value attached to our services? I think a lot of industries have looked at real estate and thought, you know, these guys are stupid, there's money there to be taken, this will be easy. And it's not easy. Advising someone of the right steps in the property sale, understanding stage marketing. So all homes can be sold if they're cheap enough. But the biggest job of a real estate agent is actually to protect the asset. That's what we're hired for. We're not hired to just, anyone could market it, Put it, you could put it on Marketplace on Facebook low enough and it'll sell within a couple of hours if it's low enough. But that means $60,000 tax-free was embezzled from the owner because of a lack of information and advice. Whether it be property management or sales, our job is to protect the asset. So there's always going to be a place for great advice. And that's that difference between a customer and a client. So the customer buys milk at Coles, they transact. A client needs advice. Mm. So a real estate agent is, they're an agency and an agent for real estate and property, but they're an advisor about the stepping stones or the milestones. Our job's to keep the owner out of the uh, out of the potholes. And when you see a shocking agent handle a property and you think, wow, that person would have lost 50, 60,000 just because how untrained and bad they were. So silence implies consent. First offer come in, they didn't negotiate, went straight to the owner. The owner says, okay, we'll accept it. But there was more money there, but it was there was no technique to go through that negotiation. Learning a negotiation process is what a professional does. Thinking it's easy is where it all goes wrong. Um, You know, you mentioned the equipment here today. Rode started like 50 years ago in a garage in Sydney, but they did valve microphones but looked after the top-end artists. So every famous um, artist in this country has used Rode microphones. But Rode is when you are top-end, you do stand out, and people will pay for that premium. But the money they put back into research, everything they do, that's that difference there connected passionately to their craft and progressing versus people look outside in and think, oh, that looks easy, we'll clip a ticket, we won't need agents anymore. So the amount of property management firms that are popping up saying, we'll do it for nothing because it's all digital. There's nothing digital about property management. No, definitely not. You can collect it in digital, but you know people die in fires due to smoke alarms and tenants have bad days and can't pay rent and lost their job. That is not a digital thing, that is a human thing. We're in people management that happen to be staying in properties. So I think there's always gonna be a place for great advisors and I think the big companies who get that know how important the real estate agent truly is. And look, I like that reference, client versus customer.
0: And uh, if you've got that approach where you're the specialist, we're solving problems, you have people attached to either a selling the property someone attached to making a decision to purchase a property they need guidance they also need a level of professionalism attached to helping them make the right decision at the right time because there's one thing humans are governed by and we are both speaking earlier about you know the fact that you've uh you know created your craft and your You know, I guess your demand has been driven by the words, the words that you're giving agents and principals to use to create that experience, to provoke those emotions and those thoughts. And that's exactly what agents will be helping people work through is the emotions that they're feeling throughout that process of either purchasing or selling. So couldn't agree with you more. I was interested to see what your thoughts were because it's something that is always being asked all around the country and especially over the last five years, everyone with this tech advancement with what's happening Everyone wants to know what's happening with the future of agents. And I think you've summed that up beautifully. You're certainly one of those people that I truly think can provide a lot of value to our industry. There's a lot more value yet to be provided by you. The insights you've shared today, if someone just grabs this information that you've shared, they have the capability of not only forging a phenomenal real estate career based on who they need to be and where where their vision needs to be set, But principles alike have the same capability of dovetailing on the information that you've shared. Thank you for coming online to do this today, Lee. I appreciate you taking the time, but also on behalf of myself here at Love and the entire industry, thank you for your years of service and your contribution.
1: Thank you very much. It was great to be here. If you like what you've heard today,
0: remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you discovered us on YouTube, Remember, hit that bell so you can be notified when these new episodes become available. Leave a comment and we look forward to bringing you the latest material that's going to power your life with love.